0: problematic romance. My name is Lee, and this episode is number 34, chapter 7 of Fifty Shades Darker. As usual, trigger warnings will be in the episode descriptions, and of course, if I've missed any, please let me know and I'll be happy to add them. Yes, I'm back. It's been a while. I'm sorry. Life has been life, you know. I know I said I was going to add a bunch of stuff to the Patreon, but if anyone has logged onto the Patreon recently, I have not been doing that. <laughs> you may have noticed. So I think I'm going to pull back on that so that I can keep up with the content that I am putting out for this podcast. I am still going to have a little bit of, of Patreon stuff going. It's not going away completely, but we're, I'm just, life is changing, okay? it's Things are changing, my schedule my focus is kind of having to shift a little bit so I'm trying to figure out what is the best way to spend my time around this podcast. So, anyway, that said, let's go ahead and dive into the episode, Chapter 7. Before we start off with the first quote of the episode, remember the last episode ended with Anna placing a bid, the winning bid, in fact, on time in Christian's vacation home in Aspen, was it? Somewhere. And using the money that Christian had given her for her car to win that bid, and Christian is very, very upset with her about spending her money the way that she wants to. So, great start. That's where we're starting chapter seven. Starting with a quote. Page 144, Christian leans in close and says, I don't know whether to worship at your feet or spank the living shit out of you. And Anna says, I'll take option two, please. So, she is, once again, asking Christian to spank her. This is the second time in recent chapters that she has actually asked him for a spanking, which, on the one hand, hey, you go girl, good for you. You're, you know, she's like getting more comfortable with the idea of being spanked as part of her sex life or kink life or whatever, so that's great. I love that for her. And also, I'm gonna talk about this a lot more later on in the episode, but they really need to have a longer conversation about that development soonish. <laughs> so meanwhile, Christian hears this and immediately forgets why he was mad at her. So fight averted, I guess, by horny. <laughs> and so instead he like grabs one of her hands and like sneaks it onto his crotch under the table, which I believe this is like the second or third time something similar to this has happened in a public space in this series. And they have never explicitly had a consent conversation about that kind of public play, and in fact, One time it happened, if you'll recall, this was under the dinner table when Anna was meeting Christian's family, and at that point, Anna was like, "Mm, no, I'm not comfortable with this, and like rejected him, and he got pissy about it, and they never really talked further about it. So this time, she kind of goes along with it. She's like touching him. It's fun. It's hot. Whatever. Nobody can see it. But I would really, really like them to negotiate that at some point because I would really, really like them to negotiate anything ever at some point. Like, please God. So meanwhile, I don't remember if I said this in the last episode, but at one point, Mia was like, hey, Anna, do you want to help in the auction? And Anna's like, sure. No further discussion than that. We don't know what Anna is helping with. Turns out she volunteered herself, or should I say Mia volunteered her to be part of the first dance auction, which is exactly as cringe as it sounds and possibly even a little bit more cringe than it sounds, but we'll get to that in a moment. So it's 12 young women auctioning off the rights to be the first one of the night to dance with them. Yikes. Bleh. Don't like it. Don't like it already, and it's only gonna get worse. So yeah, first of all, Anna is, of course, mortified when she finds out that that's what she unknowingly volunteered for, because, yeah, knowing what we know about Anna, this is not the kind of thing she probably would have volunteered herself for if she had known. So, again, not great consent-getting from anybody in this series. Not loving that. Second of all, just the, you know, the misogyny, the cishet normativity of all of it. You know, the the 12 young women gather on stage to be auctioned off and the MC is like, gentlemen, what am I bid? And I just, I almost want to write a fan fiction of like the absolute chaos that would ensue if a woman tried to bid on one of these, you know, first dances. Because I think it would be hilarious. Probably not going to do that. I might. I don't know. Uh, I could be convinced. (laughs) Oh, and then as the MC is like introducing what's going on, he's like, I have 12 comely and compliant wenches. Yes, that is the exact wording in the book. I wrote it down. Disgusting. Just the absolute worst possible way you could phrase that. Why are they wenches? Why are they comely and compliant? Compliant? Barf. I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate everything about this. This is this is the worst. This is awful. So, oh yes, and then because... Of course it's not done getting worse yet. So Mia, as like Mia and Anna are up on stage, Mia is like, oh, I hope Christian wins your the bid for your first dance. We don't want to brawl. Yikes. But like, let's be real, folks. We all know that Christian is going to win the bid for Anna's first dance. There is no way in hell he would ever let another man dance with her unsupervised, excuse me, that would be entirely too chill and healthy of him to ever have the chance of of doing that. But the idea that his sister is now worried about him starting a physical altercation at this charity ball if he does not get to be the first one to dance with his girlfriend. I mean, we already know everything that we need to know about Christian, but if that doesn't just tell you everything you fucking need to know about this man, holy shit. So Anna's like, what the fuck do you mean, excuse me? And Mia tells her that Christian used to get in in physical fights at school a lot so but then it stopped at 15 or 16 which is about when he met Mrs. Robinson Elena so there's that but also both Mia and Anna are kind of like mystified of like why was he getting in so many fights at school might I submit that it could possibly be because of all of the fucking childhood trauma this man experienced. And especially at, you know, 13, 14, 15, when you're in the throes of puberty and every emotion you feel is the biggest emotion you have ever felt in your life because that's, if you don't remember, that's kind of what it was like to be a teenager. And also, you're being raised as a man in this society, and so basically anger is the only emotion you're actually allowed to feel. Yeah, my understanding is that it's really fucking common for that to result in physical fights at school from these, you know, children who have been through this kind of trauma that Christian went through. So not surprising to me at all, and on the one hand I'm glad that he was able to have kink as an outlet and kind of a therapeutic thing in his life so that he was able to stop fighting. I just really wish it wasn't an extremely predatory relationship with a much older woman that had got him to that place. But that's not the book I am reading. So, yes, Christian, of course, spends a ridiculous amount of money assuring that he is going to be the one to dance with Anna. There is one other person who kind of keeps bidding against him and, like, drives the the price up higher. And uh, I only mention him because he is going to be important later in this chapter. And um, the fact that he was bidding on Anna's first dance against Christian is going to kind of be a thing that i'm going to address later but of course of course christian wins the bid gets the first dance with anna but they have some time because there are still other young comely and compliant wenches who need to be auctioned off to their new owners (laughs) god no so christian takes anna up to his childhood bedroom to fuck as you do when you're an adult at a party at your parents' house and you're there with your significant other and you've been trying to sneak away to fuck all night and you finally get the chance. So that's great for them, but they're like in in his bedroom, like clothes are coming off. Logic has left the building, horny space is here. And that's the moment when he chooses to ask Anna why she wants him to spank her. No, sir. Incorrect. Not the time. Glad you asked. That you should actu- absolutely ask that later, when the lights are on, when the clothes are on, when the horny is much more in the background and the logic is much more in the in your brains. Oh, and then, and then, because of course it gets worse. Of fucking course it gets worse. He literally acknowledges. Like, okay, you don't, like, in the past you haven't enjoyed or, like, you haven't wanted me to spank you, but right now you're really turned on. And so he says there's probably a certain latitude, meaning she's probably gonna let him get away with more than she would otherwise. And so he's literally, like, acknowledging that he's kind of about to take advantage of that so that he can spank her. Bro, stop it. That's, no, you don't, don't do that. Don't fucking do that, okay? Like, it just, it makes it so much worse that he knows that she's not in the most logical headspace right now, and he's, like, acknowledging that. And he's like, yeah, and I'm gonna, like, take advantage of it anyway. No. No, no. No, and also no. Introducing new things into your relationship. Great. Love it. All for it. However, especially because this is something that she has tried in the past and has not always enjoyed in the past, you fucking need to negotiate it first, like especially. Especially this kind of activity that she has said no to in the past or has had reservations about in the past. Like, your first conversation about possibly adding this into the relationship needs to be, once again, lights on, clothes on, not in the horny space. Because, yeah. Horny brain works a little different than completely sober brain, you know? She might not be as clear-headed about defining and or enforcing her boundaries when she's in this horny space, and unfortunately, with Christian Grey, she really fucking needs to be good at enforcing her boundaries so he doesn't just fucking trample over them. So, in this situation especially, you need to have that negotiation in a much calmer headspace first and then like do whatever you want incorporate it into your your relationship however you want great but fucking talk about it first oh my god uh but no he like spanks her and she enjoys it so good but i just really i want them to negotiate it i'm not gonna get it but i'm gonna keep hoping for it so spanks her they fuck they go back downstairs it's time for the first dance they have their dance it's whatever and then remember that person who was also bidding on anna's first dance earlier Yeah, turns out it's fucking Christian's therapist. The more we learn about this therapist, the less I like him because, like, holy shit, all the stuff I've talked about already about him, like, coming to this party and being like, oh yeah, I'd love to meet my client's girlfriend. Fucking weird. Bidding on a dance with said client's girlfriend. Big yikes. Christian does, in fact, let him dance with Anna after the first dance. And they do, in fact, talk a little bit. Which, big yikes. They, like, don't talk about anything too. I don't know. Whatever. It's like mostly small talk and then a little bit of like, oh, I wish I could ask you about Christian. Yeah, we don't have enough time to go through what's wrong with Christian. (laughs) So funny. But then Anna, like at the end of that dance, Anna's like, I feel like I just passed some kind of test, which like, okay, your boyfriend's therapist is vetting his partners for him. Big yikes. Don't love that. Don't love that at all. And then Elena finds Anna when she is alone for like half a second away from Christian and confronts her because why not because this chapter needs more (sighs) fucking stupid ass drama and Elena tells her oh Christian is so in love with you you must know that by now and Anna still doesn't believe it girl get your shit together. Oh yeah, that I wrote in my notes, importance of matching love languages, which yes, because okay, so love languages. If you're not familiar, the Sparks Notes version is there are like quizzes you can take online. Somebody has figured out like five, I think, four or five or six like main love languages, which is basically just like ways that people enjoy showing affection to people in their lives. And it's used a lot when talking about romantic relationships, but you really, you can have love languages with family members and friends and platonic. A- anyone in your life, really. And so there's like physical touch, there's gift giving, there's quality time together, there's words of affirmation, there's acts of service, which the kinksters always love. And I-, I kind of view them as like astrology signs or like Hogwarts houses. Like they're kind of a useful framework to do some self-reflection and see how you like to interact with your, you know, partners and people that you're in relationships with and also, you know, can be really useful for conceptualizing how your partner does the same thing but you know, like, I, my primary love language is physical touch, but also, like, I ha- in- in, you know, certain capacities, I find all of the other love languages really important to me as ways of- of expressing my affection and having affection expressed to me. You know, I'm autistic, I fucking love when people, like, spell it out for me really fucking explicitly and say, I like you, I enjoy being in your life or and like having you in my life I like spending time with you you're a cool person chef's kiss love that shit (laughs) you know I absolutely like gift-giving which I think includes hey I saw this meme and it made me think of you so here's a meme or you know I uh, sending a picture of I here's I know you like dogs and I saw a dog on the street so here is picture of dog that absolutely falls under gift giving for me and that's a very important part of my relationships with other people so whatever I don't have to go through all of them but obviously you know you get the idea it's it's useful it's a useful tool but like people are not You know, people don't completely fall into neat little categories like that. Like, you're not going to be able to mold your whole personality or your whole, like, all of your relationships around one single love language that you got in an internet quiz once. Um, But bringing it back to what I was thinking about with this book is, like, Anna is thinking about, like, Christian has has not said the words, I love you, to her. But he has said it in so many other ways in, you know, buying all these expensive gifts for her and taking her out on dates, which he has never done with another, you know, partner before. And, you know, other things he's said, like, I, you know, I care about you and I don't want to lose you and all these other things that he has said in the past. If you read between the lines, it starts to sound an awful lot like I love you. However, he has not yet said it, in a way that Anna is able to hear and take in and understand. And part of that is because Christian is so fucking emotionally constipated and so fucking bad at communicating that he just... He's not very clear about anything in this relationship, including the fact that he's fucking in love with her. Part of it is also that Anna is so fucking insecure and so convinced that there is no possible way that Christian could possibly be in love with her. So they have all of those blocks to getting this message across that he loves her. But then they also just, like, have not learned each other's languages enough for him to say I love you in a way that she can hear and understand. So that's what I mean about love languages. And I'm not saying that they they need to sit down and take a quiz and figure out what each of their love languages are. I think that could be helpful for them in the far off future after they have gone through extensive couples therapy and individual therapy with a better therapist and worked through a lot of their issues both individual and and as a couple, like a lot of the much more you know bigger more glaring issues that they have but we're not there yet but you know it's it's you get what i'm saying right i'm i am once again getting sick like it's now that i'm actually going out to places and interacting with people it's gonna be one of those winters where i am just constantly fucking sick so if my commentary is a little bit less um clear than it usually is it's because my brain is slowly turning to mush from constant Head colds, yay. It is what it is. Oh, and then Elena is like being so overprotective of Christian and is like, if you ever hurt him again, I will find you and it won't be pretty and blah, blah, blah. Because so when Anna broke up with Christian at the end of the the last book, he of course went to Elena for comfort because they have this whole history. And uh, you know, whether his former predator was, is the best option for a person to go to to help him get over a breakup is a whole other fucking conversation. But the point being, Elena's like, I don't ever want to see him like that again. Don't you dare ever hurt him again. Which, I get it. As someone with an ex who I'm still very close to, as someone with metamores... I totally understand having that, like, okay, here's this person who is important to me in some way, and you're dating them, and I don't ever fucking want to see you fucking with them or breaking their heart, right? I I understand that impulse. And also, this was not a case of Anna doing something stupid and, like, hurting Christian or, like, whatever. This was her breaking up with him because that's what she thought she needed to do. In this case, I happen to agree with her, so... Just the fact that Elena is essentially saying, don't you dare break up with him again? Fucking yikes. Drinking game for this episode. Every time I say fucking yikes, take a shot. See how long it takes you to get hospitalized for alcohol poisoning. Please don't actually do that. I care about you. And it's made even worse by the fact that Anna is in this manipulative, abusive relationship. Which, of course, Elena may or may not know everybody else from the outside looking in doesn't know that and yet regardless of that the fact that oh and by the way this is not the last person in this chapter who is going to be like oh you're so good for christian keep it up we love seeing him this happy so the fact that all of these people are now putting pressure on anna to be the good girlfriend for christian and like fix him or whatever or like make him normal and meanwhile she's being fucking abused And I hope I don't have to tell anyone listening to this podcast how fucking difficult it is for an abuse victim to leave their abuser, especially when their abuser is this fucking rich gazillionaire with absolutely no compunctions about tracking his girlfriend's cell phone. Like, she already, if if and when in my head she does eventually leave him, she already has the odds stacked so high against her and just all of this pressure from other people in Christian's life to stay with him is just that little bit more on that stack against her you know it's just like there are much bigger obstacles for her to her leaving obviously but every every little thing on that stack it's not helping her you know it's it's just keeping her trapped there just that little bit more so don't love that. Oh yeah. And then Anna finds Christian after she storms out of this, you know, confrontation with Elena and is like, excuse me, why the fuck is your ex here? Christian's like, she told me she wasn't coming. What does that say about Elena's character? Just saying. So then Christian's dad also pulls Anna aside and is like, Christian looks so great. We love to see him this happy with someone else. Um, And we, you know, you're, you've been such a good influence on him. Keep it up. Which, like I just said, once again, don't hurt him. Fix him. Our precious boy. Are you okay? Are you in a good relationship? Is this relationship healthy for you? Who cares? Fix our boy. Fix our golden boy. Please. (sighs) Oh, and then Christian reveals that he has made another appointment with this gynecologist that he found to get Anna back on birth control the next day so that he doesn't have to fucking wear condoms anymore to which Anna is justifiably kind of annoyed that he just did that made a medical appointment for her without consulting her at all literally she's like why why did you set up the appointment and he says because I hate condoms like literally I hate him so much bro I don't care I don't care how much you hate condoms. She gets to figure out her birth control situation. You want to go on birth control? Do you want to get a vasectomy? Then you get to control when you are wearing condoms and when you're not. Until then, if the birth control is on her, it's her decision to make, okay? Okay, so Anna says, it's my body. And to which Christian replies, it's mine too. No, it's fucking not, bro. Like, okay, I get it. It's in a relationship i'm yours you're mine it's very romantic and and that kind of feels a little bit like scaled up in a DS dynamic depending on what your dynamic is. Maybe the submissive does feel a little bit of like my body belongs to you, my pleasure belongs to you because I'm giving it to you as part of our dynamic. Yes, all of that can be true. And also as I have said before and will say many times over again her body is only yours Christian in the ways that she decides and consents to give it to you. So therefore she has not consented to give you control over her birth control appointments therefore her body is not yours in that way her body is not yours to make unilateral decisions about her body is yours when she gives it to you in the context that she gives it to you in you know after negotiation after consent conversations but this ain't it chief this very much fucking ain't it So anyway, they go back to Christian's place to find that Anna's car has had the tires slashed, has had, like, paint poured all over it, so Christian, like, hired some extra security guards to keep them safe from Layla or whatever, so the security guards are, like, going into his apartment first to make sure that Layla is not in there, and Christian, of course, has to be the cowboy, has to be the protagonist of the fucking universe, so he also barges into the apartment against Anna's wishes and just leaves anna standing outside with one security guard you know preventing her from going in after him until they like clear the apartment and that's where the chapter ends so love a good cliffhanger this one unfortunately is not a good cliffhanger you know what i mean so that's the end of the chapter oh Oh my god, okay, before I do my ending spiel, I just have to tell one small little anecdote speaking of Christian's apartment building. So it's called Escala, which I always assumed E.L. James had just, like, made up. Because it it sounds made up, right? Like, it sounds like just you mushed a couple of syllables together and it sounded fancy and that's Christian's apartment building. So I was in a car in downtown Seattle the other night and I fucking drove past Escala. And when I tell you I got fucking jump-scared so bad, like that's Christian Grey's fucking apartment building. What do you mean it's a real place? What do you mean I just saw it in real life? So I learned that. (laughs) Um, And I was in the car with one person who had been listening to my podcast and one person who had not. So (laughs) one person was like, oh shit, it is a real building. And the other person was like, what are you two fucking talking about? So that was fun. FYI, if anyone's ever in downtown Seattle and wants to find a Scala, it exists. It's a place. I don't know why you would want to go there, but you can. So that's that. I will be reorganizing my Patreon soonish. I hope. The plan is to still have the dramatic readings of each chapter and, you know, once I get back on my actual schedule to have early release of episodes for subscribers and probably nothing else at this point because... I have a lot of other stuff that I would rather be spending my time on, including making a lot more fucking content for my OnlyFans recently and like doing live camming stuff semi-regularly. If you're into that, you can find info on that if you are interested at one of these sites that I am about to name in my outro spiel. Here we go. Thank you. So much for listening to me very sick and rambling about this latest chapter. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com/lee-c-artist, and you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com/candykitten. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com/the-curdled-pod and patreon.com/the-curdled-pod, where you can support my efforts monthly. I'm still trying to figure figure out how I want to phrase that, in return for some fun exclusive content just a little bit less, like I said. Be sure to check the episode description for spellings on all of those links. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't or don't want to support me monetarily, I get it, that's legit, feel it, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write about it on whatever social media you're on these days, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast it really really does help the logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com and until next time remember your rack that's risk aware consensual kink i'm going to go lie down now bye She told me she was- my headphones are yelling at me to charge them. We're- we're getting close to the end. My mic stand is just failing so hard right now, so if the audio in this episode is all over the place, I'm sorry. I swear to god I'm gonna remember to order a new one some- one of these days. <coughs> my voice is dying. Do whatever you do to sp- spread spread- spread the word. <laughs> Let's try the-